All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. This is Will, and I'm very excited to have Cody Wilderman on the phone. Uh, Cody's in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and he is one of the owners of Grassburger. And Grassburger has locations in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Durango, Colorado. And uh, we actually interviewed um, uh, Jess Colleen a couple years ago, several years ago, on this podcast, and she was in our book. Her and her husband had got Grassburger started, and uh, Cody is now director of operations and one of the co-owners and um, has taken the time to wrap with us today. So, Cody, thank you very much for that. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell me, tell me your, uh, give me your background in the restaurant business. How long you been doing this? Yeah, so my, my parents actually, I guess my background started with my parents. They, up in Winter Park, Colorado, they owned a, two coffee shops and a coffee roastery, and I think they bought it when I was probably in third grade. And, you know, so it's, my, my sisters and I grew up working for them, and obviously it's not a full-scale restaurant, but I think that, that kind of ignited the fire in me to, to, to like the service industry and to want to be a small business owner in the service industry. And then um, 2004, I moved to Durango to race my mountain bike, for Fort Lewis, and I walked into this uh, burrito shop uh, and kind of fell in love with it and applied and and started working there as the the griddle guy, the guy that takes your order and and worked up through through the ranks and actually was uh, be, became a, an equity partner in that business and and I I actually worked there for a little over eleven years. And then um, in, what was it, 2016, I guess, I uh, decided to make a change and, and came over to Grassburger and and I have moved to Albuquerque since from Durango in 2016 and, and I've been running it there. So really, I mean, restaurant industry for the last 13 years um, specifically and then before that working for my parents. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. I got it. First of all, I like to mountain bike. So tell me, what do you mean you went to go race your mountain bike? What's what's going on there? Uh, yeah, so I was a professional downhill mountain bike racer. Um, and I turned pro, I think, when I was 17 years old, maybe. And, uh, you know, I was also a Nordic ski racer, so I got a lot of offers to go, like, race Nordic skis on the East Coast for some schools. But... I had heard that Fort Lewis College had, like, basically the best mountain bike team in the country. They had won multiple collegiate titles. And, and it's actually funny because I'd only been to Durango a couple times, and, and I had never, ever even seen the college. But I was like, well, they have the best bike team, so I'll, I'll just go there. And I actually, you know, applied, got accepted, and went to the school um, sight unseen. First day of class was the first time I, I – uh, had even you know seen the school I, I missed orientation because there was a mountain bike race a, a national <laughs> in Durango actually funny enough you know my um and and I raced for for all four years I actually my sister and I won the collegiate national downhill title on the same day together she won the women's I won the men's and uh, I think in my four years we brought three three team national titles to Fort Lewis so um it was good times there for sure racing a mountain bike downhill in those mountains for competition that's dude that's gnarly so i won't i won't get into that too much although i i may 
I may have to follow up and talk to you a little bit more about that. That's that's fantastic. So, um, yeah. okay. So then, okay. Well, you 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 mentioned something. The first business you were a part of, you said you became an equity partner, and you were there for like eleven years. Was mm-hmm. that so? It was an existing business, and and it looks like you and you know you you're now an equity partner with Grassberger. Tell me about that process. Like, how long are you there? Like, how long were you at this other place? Uh, you started, yeah. you know, cooking and taking orders and stuff like that. You worked your way up to equity partner. So g- yeah. give me a run of that process and how that works and, and unfolds. And then what happened when you left in 2016? Sure. And, you know, I think it's, it's been similar in both businesses. But I, I think that part of being a competitive athlete, you know, I, like I said, I raised Norris skis. I, uh, I went to junior Olympics a couple times for that. I've, I've been really competitive at whatever I've done. And also, um, I, I think it's just part what my parents uh, built into me. But I, I have this thing that it doesn't matter what I was doing. Um, I I always said to myself that I mean, even I stopped I stopped produce at Albertsons for like six months at one point in Durango, and uh, it didn't matter what I was doing. I was going to do that job as if the business belonged to me and try to be the hardest working individual at that business and I think that's kind of where really for me everything kind of started is uh, this this business in Durango that I worked for like I said it's kind of like a Chipotle or a Qdoba type but it's like Durango's version of that and um, you know I just I just worked harder uh, honestly for a while than, than everyone else and it was like oh hey you want to you want to learn how to do this sure do you want to do this now sure okay hey you want to be a, a shift manager yeah definitely and then um, like, you know, I just, I kept continuing to take care of that place. Like it was my own. And the founder at one point was like, Hey, you know, if you want to retire from bike racing and you want to do this, I'd, I'd love to make you an equity partner. And it was sweat equity. And I basically became the, the, the general manager. And then we opened another location and I became kind of the regional manager um so kind of just really earned into that uh again it was sweat equity um and so really a similar situation with Grassburger. um you know they hired me to be the general manager of the albuquerque store uh, when they so they actually approached me when the store was opening and we just my wife and i couldn't couldn't make it happen at that time we um we're just in a, a place in life where we felt like we, we couldn't do it. And um, it eventually got to kind of the breaking point where I was uh, the the founder of the the Mexican restaurant I was working for and I, we just were not, we were not jiving. I'm sure, as you know, partnerships sometimes just don't go the way that, that you think they, they should. And we kind of had a falling out. And, and so the, the stars kind of aligned where I could make a switch. And at that same time, the Albuquerque Grassburger had been operating for, I think about six months at that point. And the store manager they had here just really was not following the, the procedures and, and the store kind of had really taken a big downward dip. And so um, I came on board to be the general manager. I replaced the current manager. And again, uh, I just said, hey, I'm going to operate this place as if it was my own. I'm going to put my blood, sweat, and tears into it. And and I think that as a result of that, it brought it obviously 
turn the store around. I mean, we've been and we've been doing so well. The growth is we went from really negative growth to extremely positive, and uh, our Yelp went from like three stars to uh, we're getting close to being five stars, I think, now on Yelp. And Yelp's huge here in Albuquerque, and and so Ed and Jess said, hey you know, we want to make you the director of operations. And, and so that was kind of the next step. And then from there, it was like, you know, you continue to bring value to the brand and all the stuff that you're doing. Um, but we want you to, we want you to really like be a part of it. And, and so we came up with a vesting agreement, you know, and, and, uh, put some money in and, and then, you know, obviously there's a bunch of complicated, uh, legal things behind it, but we figured out a structure that works that, that essentially the more value I bring to the business and continue to bring to the business and the hard work I put in, essentially that earns me um, equity, essentially. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, is that, is that the same? Was that the Okay, so when you left, when you left the, the other place, uh, as an equity partner, and you had a falling out. I mean, you probably—I don't want to get into a lot of detail about that. But do you do you sell the equity back to the business, or how, how does something like that work? You know, that was actually part of our falling out. Um, there was uh, there was some stuff that happened with the equity, and you know, honestly, um, uh, again, we probably don't want to get too into it. But there was definitely some some gray area that lesson learned. You know, I, I, I learned a lot from that. Um, but no, I, uh, actually before I left, ended up selling my, my equity back to that company. So, um, by the time I left, I was no longer an equity shareholder. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so you've obviously, you learned from that and structured it differently this time. And well, so the, um, it's interesting because you talk about, you clearly have a sense of, um, accountability and treating whatever you do like it's your own. Um, and that's such a, gosh, anybody that runs a business wants people that are like that would do anything to have people that are like that, but it's not, it doesn't seem to be a real common trait. Um, and at least I don't run across that a ton in the restaurant business, you know, and maybe it's, or maybe less and less so these days. I don't know, but Tell me more about that. Is that you mentioned being a competitive athlete? Um, is that something you look for when you're trying to find people? Do you think? I mean, is that fair? You know, a common characteristic with most former athletes that you might interview, or is it something you find in other folks as well? And is that something you're? Are you really trying to find people that approach it the way you did? Well, you know, I think that. Um, I mean. You, you can always try to find athletes, but there's, I mean, athletes really, like like serious competitive athletes are kind of hard to find, really. Yeah. And, and uh, again, too, it's like, well, what kind of, you, if it's like, yeah, we've got to find mountain bike racers. Well, you know, unfortunately, most mountain bike racers, to be honest, are, you know, uh, kind of, cheapskate like sleep in their car type like you know warm their breakfast read it up on their dashboard type right, right type characters which is is awesome but it, it i don't know if it's necessarily being an athlete i think more or less it was kind of just how my parents raised me like hey uh i mean 
you know, I was raised with, in whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, you know what I mean? And, and that's kind of how I've lived, tried to live my life. And, and whether that was com- competition or, or what, or work or, or anything. But now when, when we look at people, I think I, I like to, to look at, um, the, uh, the, are they hungry, humble, and smart? You know, that comes from Dave Ramsey. And, hungry, uh, humble, and smart. Leader. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like it. You know, and, and that just, that comes from the Entree Leadership Podcast. I think that's actually one of Dave, I, I, I'm, I think I can't remember what book it came from. I think it was like John Maxwell or something, but uh, it's the the three uh, traits of a, of a good team member is are they hungry, are they humble, and are they smart? And, and it's kind of, you know, we're in the restaurant industry, so two out of three isn't bad. <laughs> but, um, no, I think that really you can't, you can't always find someone that is right out of the gate is going to say, Hey, I'm going to treat this like my, my own business. But I think that through education and through training and, and through, um, instilling core values in them, I think that you can, you can get people there. I think that a lot of business, I, I, you know, I've listened to your podcast. I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of restaurant owners are saying that you know, the hardest thing right now is, is people and trying to find good people. And, and I would agree in the sense that, yeah, the employment pool is definitely different than it was even five years ago. I mean, you know, five years ago we were hiring college kids who seemed pretty motivated. And now there, it seems like the, the tide has kind of changed. But I also think that part of it is that people are like, Oh, the employment pool sucks. And then they kind of just give up and they're like, whatever, no one's going to be motivated, so I guess we'll just deal with it. And and that's kind of how it became at my last job, but what's been nice about this job is Ed and Jess have given me the freedom to say, no, that's wrong. We're, we're not going to say, we're not going to settle for, oh, well, you know, you're a millennial, so whatever, just do whatever you want. Um, and and they've allowed us, we together we've we said, hey, Let's develop core values, and then let's hire to those core values, and and then let's train to those core values, and let's build a, a really special culture where people care. And and it's been amazing. I mean, we had, after I took over in Albuquerque, then we kind of had some management troubles up in Durango, and the culture kind of took a nosedive there. And so we built the Albuquerque culture, and then we've had to rebuild the Durango culture, but now we have, I mean, the, 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 the Yelp reviews, the Google reviews, the atmosphere in both stores is now the same. And it's been, and it's been just this complete 180 really as a result of some of the fun stuff we've been doing to get the culture on track. And I think that, I mean, it's, it's all about what culture are you as the owner and the manager creating to engage your employees to treat it like it's their own. What are some of the things that you do to do that? I mean, like you have a culture that you, you know, um, have decided is, or, uh, you know, you have core values for the way you run the business. Uh, you obviously lead by example, and I know Jess and I do too, but what are the other things you do to really get people bought into that? And not just bought in yeah. at surface level, but really bought in at a deeper level that where they're then ambassadors of that culture with, you know, new hires as well sure. so it just kind of snowballs over time yeah so um 
you know, it really started, I would say, with with me and, and kind of being like, I, we sat back after we kind of changed the Albuquerque culture and and then the Durango culture, we were kind of struggling. And we we're like, man, like, why is it not the same? And so I kind of had to sit back on my heels and be like, well, what did I do here? And, it, and, and it's one of those things I think I did it kind of just subconsciously. And, and, and so I started reading a lot of books and listening to a lot of um, leadership podcasts and things to kind of say, almost like deconstruct what I did from like reading about culture and stuff. I mean, like, well, what, what, what did I do and why did it work? And, and so it really started with me and kind of taking like a personal inventory and then, and then kind of saying, well, what's important as a leader? And really, I think what it comes down to is I changed the leadership culture first in Albuquerque by saying, hey, I'm not going to sit back there in the office and, and tell people what to do. I'm going to come to the line with you, and we're going we're gonna to do this together. And, and when we're doing it together, I'm going to tell you why it's important that we do it together. And then we started doing staff meetings. And at the staff meetings, I was like, uh, at one point, I was just like, huh, I think it would be fun to do some kind of team building stuff where people got vulnerable. And so we, we actually now, it's funny, we call it getting weird at the staff meetings. But I always come up with a topic like, uh, I want you to tell everyone something about yourself that no one else knows. Or tell someone what you're most scared of. Or tell someone how you feel loved and respected. You know, like kind of some weird vulnerable things and then I want you to say words of affirmation about the person to your right or whatever so we started doing stuff like that and that was when things I realized that was when things started to click and and then um so so we started taking that to Durango but then I read this book just recently actually called um the the truth about employee engagement it used to be called the the causes of job misery but it really summed it up really well into what I had done, which is that there's three reasons why people are miserable at work. Uh, and one is anonymity. So, you know, people don't understand, like they're not known as an individual. So do, as you, as a manager, do you actually care about them? As a leader, do you care about them? And it's and the kind of one of the examples was in, in the book. It's like, you know, Will, if you're working for me and I come in and say, uh, I know maybe maybe I know that you live with your parents, and I come in and I say, "Hey, how your parents doing?" Versus coming in and saying, "Hey, Will, I heard that your mom was sick. I just want to check in, man, and make sure that everything's okay." So that's kind of the difference. Like, as a leader, are you like engaging with your people, and do they feel no? And that's kind of what I guess I had started doing here in Albuquerque was really developing a personal relationship, but in a professional manner. Like, obviously, I wouldn't go drink beer with them or whatever, you know, whatever. But like. Uh, you know, we live in Albuquerque, and so I have some people here who found out they're struggling with drug addictions, and I would I would take them to uh, I would try to get them help. I would um, I would talk with them about it, and we or people I have some people here. You know, I'm I, I used to own a CrossFit gym as well, and so I'm really into fitness. And I'd, I'd have some people that were like trying to get fit, and so we'd talk about nutrition, we'd talk about exercise. I would take them to my home gym, and we I'd show them exercises. And then I would follow up, like, hey, how's that going for you? Or, you know, things like that. And then the next one is, is people um, feel irrelevant. So uh, in, in their job, people need to understand who are they helping and how are they helping. And it can be their team members 
and their guests and, and in what ways, but they need to know and understand that so that they know that they're making a difference in someone else's life. And then um, the next one is, is your me- measurement. So do peop- are people being measured in a way that's quantifiable, that they can quantify themselves, that it's not a manager saying, I did this. So maybe like reviews or throughput or whatever, but something that they can measure themselves to know that they're actually doing what's expected of them. And it's funny because I didn't like, I, I feel like this is he, this author put those three things in, which is exactly what we had done. And it started to build this culture where it was like, you know, people understood. We started doing education pieces about why grass fed beef and why healthy living and, and all these things. And, and, and why it's important to have the allergy protocols that we do because it truly changes people's lives. And why do we take care of one another on the line? And why do we communicate this certain way? And it, and then people really bought into that and understood that like, if they care, it makes a difference. And, and you can see now people understand that like, if they care about, I mean, making burgers and fries isn't that glamorous, but if you do it the way that we do it at Grassburger, you're going to change someone's day. And if you, are friendly to people the way that we expect you to be friendly, you might just affect that person and then they might go be friendly to someone else. And it's kind of that pay it forward thing. Like how many people do you think are affected by you just being kind to one person a day? And so we've started doing that kind of stuff and encouraging that kind of stuff. And it's not then about, it's not then about, Hey, you need to mop better, but it's about, Hey, mop this way because this is going to help the next person and then they're going to be able to help you. And it kind of creates this circular culture where people are happy to be engaged at work. That's fantastic, man. I love that. You, you clearly are, you have a lot of, you, you came up while well, you were doing this intuitively, you were doing this and then you've, you've read a lot about it, which is um, maybe helped crystallize what you were doing and uh, validate why it was working. Did you, by the way, you, I know you read a lot. Have you ever read the, the book Drive uh, by Daniel Pink? Uh, no, you know, I, I think I might actually have it, though, because so I've been, like I said, I, I really kind of got crazy about it and was like, what what's working? And started listening to all these podcasts, and they kept saying, like, you need to read this book. And I literally, like, my Amazon cart has, like, you know, <laughs> I had, like, a thousand books in it or whatever, but I bought a bunch of them, and, and so I think that's one of them. But if not, I'll definitely add that to the list. It's a good one. I read it a few years back. It's um, it's called Drive, and it's I think the subtitle is the surprising truth about what motivates us. Um, and he gets into mastery, autonomy, and purpose. But it's a good book. He's um, he does a good job. You probably would like it based on what I'm hearing from you. But um, well, so, so well, then what other? So you you read a lot. You listen to pod. What are the, some of the other podcasts you listen to? I'm curious. I love listening to podcasts. Um, yeah, I mean, the, so the Entree Leadership one is a big one for me. What is it called? Um, Entree Leadership. Okay. So kind of like uh, you know entrepreneurship, but Entree Leadership, and it's a day, it's a Dave Ramsey Solutions podcast. But man, they have like some like you know they have uh, Kristen Hadid. I don't know if you've read her book Permission to Screw Up, but that's a really good one. That kind of got got me going into like, Hey, you need to educate people, um, on your team, you know, and not just train them, but actually educate them. And, and, uh, uh, they have, uh, Simon Sinek and, uh, and John Maxwell. And so, I mean, every week is a new business leader or, 
you know, they have some admirals from the Navy on who talk about that kind of stuff, but it's a really good one. Um, and I, so many that I, I listen, like I said, I listen to yours. There's, there's just a, a bunch of them out there that, that I like to listen to. And I kind of jump around, um, from time to time, but I feel like the entree leadership one for me has been kind of the biggest one just because it's got so many different business leaders on it. Um, that it's really good. And it kind of, and they always have like good books to read on there. And, you know, a lot of the people that are on there are authors. Um, so that's, it's been a really cool um, podcast, I guess, you know, but I, I think as a leader, that's one of the best things you can do is listen and read, learn and improve yourself. Yeah. And it, yeah, it certainly, it, it shows to the staff and it shows that you're, um, you're really engaged and not just ordering people around, but, but leading by example of trying to grow your skill sets yeah. as well and your leadership abilities and so forth. So, um, well, dude, you clearly have a lot of passion uh, for what you do. And I know one thing that Jess told me, uh, which I found to be interesting, she said that you really believe in having a, a healthy staff and that you know, people when they're healthy, well-rounded folks, uh, it's just it's great for everybody. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what do you guys yeah, encourage so, folks to do outside of work and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, it's awesome. Our, one of our core values is healthy living. And I feel like healthy living is kind of broad in general, um, so it kind of can encompass a, a lot of different things. But um, in our staff meeting this weekend, actually, we're, we're specifically spending time talking about healthy living and how people can, can make choices. But we've got a couple fun things. So we did a, we did a month-long squat challenge where, you, you know, everyone starts at 50 squats and you add five a day, and there's some rest days in there, so... I think it ended at like 250 squats or by, you know, a day or so. I can't remember exactly what it ended. Uh, and obviously not everyone, you know, signs up for, for it, but we also did a, a paleo challenge where 30 days we tried to get everyone to, and, and, uh, to eat paleo, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but it's basically, a a diet where you, you eat, um, meat, fish, vegetables, fruit, uh, only. So there's no, sugar, no refined, basically no refined carbohydrates, no wheat, no dairy, uh, things like that. So we did that and tried, you know, tried to get everyone to keep a nutrition log. And my wife and I actually, when we owned our, our gym and, and stuff, we, we ran some nutrition challenges as well. And so we had a pretty big document that we had drafted kind of explaining how to do it with some recipes and things like that. So I, provided that to everyone who was doing it. And then we got some customers involved as well that wanted to do it. Um, we have some plans to kind of just do some, like, uh, some, we want to, we're going to get our own YouTube channel, obviously for training purposes as well, but we want to do like a, a workout of the week where, um, my wife and I are, are some employees if they want, can get in on it, but basically kind of do like, Hey, this is a, it'll be a five round workout and you do five pushups, 10 squats and, you know, 10 pull-ups or whatever, and then have a video of how to do it properly and, and things like that and just kind of encourage people to, to do that. But but with that, we also, all of our managers have um, goals and, and we break the goals up into different groups and one of them is a physical goal. You know, we, we have some managers who definitely, um, ha, ha, fitness has not been a, a really an, an option for them on, on, until now and, and we, we're kind of pushing them to say, hey, like, 
you know, we're not, I'm not asking you to be a CrossFit athlete. You know, I think a lot of people kind of get intimidated by me because, uh, you know, I, I guess I look like someone who is relatively fit and lifts a lot of weights or whatever. And, and they kind of think that when I'm asking them to like go to the gym, that that's what I'm asking them to do is like go crazy and, and be a, a meathead. But that's really not what we ask of our people. What we ask is like, Hey, like when you're at work, you know, we're here to eat good food and clean food. And that's what our brand is all about. And, you know, try to make good choices and maybe eat less fries or eat lettuce wraps or, but again, we can't, we're not going to force you to do that. We just want you to be aware of it. And then, uh, we just want, we we're we're working with, uh, one of our people here in Albuquerque, one of our team members who wants to be a yoga instructor. And so we're working on getting, getting her in to do like, uh, once a week, like a 6 a.m. kind of team member yoga class where if you want, you can come and take a, basically a free yoga class where she benefits by learning how to teach and we all benefit by learning how to do yoga um but as a team and um i know in durango we just uh, got everyone we, we basically purchased a corporate pass to the rec center there that allows everyone to buy a monthly membership for like it's like 20 bucks a month or something uh super cheap and and then there are a lot of them are going as a group and working out together and kind of challenging one another and we've got people that go on hikes together but we're really just trying to encourage people to just work on their fitness as much as they can and make better nutrition choices and that's part of our staff meeting uh, education as well as like, how do you read labels how do you know what's in food how do you make better choices and you know we can't hold people's hand and hold them to the fire and be like hey you need to eat gluten-free or you can't work here but we can say hey here's some of the advantages of or uh, eating gluten-free, you know, try it for a week. And if you have any questions, let us know. And um, so it's it's really just about encouragement and education for us with with exercise. And and it's awesome because, you know, I get, I get employees that they go out now and they do like hill sprints up one of the dams here, which is pretty gnarly. And they send me videos of it. And, and then they'll, they'll like ask me in a text afterward, like, hey, are you proud of us? And I'm like, heck yeah, I'm proud of you. But, you know, it's like, I don't know too many other companies that, you know, the employees are going out in their own time and doing hill sprints and then, and then asking their boss, you know, send them, send it to their boss and being like, Hey, are you proud of us? I mean, that's to me, that's just uh, indicative of the culture that we're creating, you know, one where people want to exercise just to exercise. So it's cool. You know, that's really awesome. The good thing about it too is, is I love that man. And the, that you, most people think, okay, they look at you and they go, all right, well, you know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not interested or I'm not able or both able to, you know, recreate what, what he's done and, and spend the amount of time and, and effort going and being a CrossFit athlete. And he was a former professional athlete and yada, yada, but you can just literally go do sprints up a hill and you, you'll be in a million yeah. times better shape. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> twice a week go sprint for 15 minutes or so or less up a hill and it's amazing and then you'll start once you start to notice the changes of course as you know you know then you're more personally motivated and then you start to then you don't need the external motivation you become a little bit more internally motivated but it doesn't take a lot um go go walk outside your door and sprint 40 yards down the street you know and sprint back 40 yards and then try it again tomorrow a few times (laughs) yeah yeah no it's for five minutes a day yeah i mean you know, it's like we we had a couple. We had a kitchen manager a, a while back, no longer with us. But um, 
you know, he he was pretty overweight, and, and he would be the first to admit it, and, and he was upset by that, but he didn't really know how to change it. And really, by starting just working at Grassburger, he lost weight because he was eating healthier. And then because he started to understand what was behind what was making Grassburger food healthier, he was making better choices at home. And so then he lost more weight. And then we started the Paleo Challenge. He lost more weight. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those snowball effects. Like uh, our one of our store managers now, um, Dawson, she, she moved into an apartment complex. And one of the reasons she chose that apartment complex because it had a good fitness center. And, you know, she was one who has been sort of against, like, uh, me kind of pushing for everyone to work out. But she started to try to work out as much as possible just because that's what we do as a company, you know? And, and I mean, obviously it's like, like same thing with CrossFit, you know, everyone's level of intensity is, is going to be dependent on the person. And so, you know, her workout is different than anyone else's, but the fact of the matter is, is even if it's only once a week at the minimum, like that's more than when, before when they were working at Grassburger, you know? And I think to me, that's what's important is I just want to plant the seed for future change. Well, you know, and I guess what it ultimately boils down to, if you're if you're exercising, and you're eating well, and you're sleeping well, then you know you're you're more fulfilled in your personal life and and more balanced um, mentally and physically, and probably just bring a lot more to to the team at work. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, it creates camaraderie too. Like when you've got guys kind of like going and working out together, and I mean, you know, maybe they're they're bro lifting or whatever and they're trying to out bench each other and then they can kind of like joke with each other at work and it kind of builds that like camaraderie and, and like that sense of community and I think that's that's what's really important yeah, absolutely absolutely well what um changing gears a little bit man so you guys have got you've been there a couple of years now two or three years you you've got the uh a great culture it sounds like you're instilling and, and clearly you have um, a lot of time and energy and passion invested in this. So where, where do you guys, like, where do you want to take this thing? What's, what's next for Grassburger? Oh yeah. We, uh, so we have some big plans actually, you know, I think we finally, uh, you know, I moved into the director of operations role, hired a store manager. So I'm no longer the store manager. And so really Ed and Jess and I kind of, I guess you could say are kind of the corporate employees now. Right. Uh, and, and so, we now have really worked on obviously getting the systems in place and, and getting everything so that these stores really operate independently um, and can kind of stand alone, and which allows us to really work on the business. And so we actually have um, a, a new store that we're, we're, we're trying to get everything going on it um, here in Albuquerque. Um, you know, we're trying to find another location here. We're, we really want a, a second Albuquerque location, and so we're we're actively working on that. Um, Ed has some partners uh, in the real estate development world that have um, they're creating kind of a, a food hall concept in Durango, and Grassburger is gonna we're gonna put a Grassburger there with with two other brands that we're gonna launch, and re, you know really the sky's the limit. I, I mean, we uh, I don't know if you ever read the book but it talks about setting big audacious goals and we 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 have some big goals we want a lot of stores and and we're actively working on doing it but hopefully by you know the end of this year we'll have one store 
done here in Albuquerque, we're hoping, and and then another, you know, that food hall, hopefully we'll have another Grassburger being built in that one, as well as two new brands, which are going to fall under different food categories, but still have the Grassburger values with, you know, the clean food and corn syrup free and transparency and ingredients and, and all that stuff. So we're pretty excited about, about those. And, um, and then I think we really just want to kind of look at other markets and uh, it, it seems like really people are becoming more and more um, aware of what they're eating and they want restaurants like Grassburger where they know that they can get, you know, GMO free buns that are corn syrup free and soy free and grass fed beef and, and that the grass fed beef is a hundred percent and that it's not from Australia or Europe that it was raised in the U S and, you know, things like that. And I mean, you know, where they can, you know, if they have someone with food allergies, they can eat comfortably as well. So we really want to just kind of take it to different markets and, and really blow this thing up if we can. That's fantastic, man. I love it. I love it. Um, what else is on your mind? Anything else you want to talk about that we haven't that I haven't asked you about? Um, no, you know, I mean, I guess I just want to, I guess, encourage leaders to really uh, focus on educating themselves and, and to, to be a, a servant leader, I think, before anything else. I think that um, one of the biggest challenges we've had with our managers is, is taking their mindset from – from being a manager to a leader. And one of the books that I was reading is really interesting. It said that, that you can, you can't manage people. You can only manage, uh, systems and, and like a, like a business, and, but you can lead people. And in order to, to lead people, in order to be a leader, you have to have followers. And in order to have followers, you have to have a vision and you have to be willing to commit yourself to that vision. And I, I think that's really kind of an important piece that I think a lot of people who are frustrated with their staff is because they keep trying to manage their staff rather than lead their staff. And they keep, they, they keep beating their head against the wall because they're, they're sitting in the office watching the cameras and, and saying, Oh, they're not doing it the way that I've told them to do it. And it's like, well, maybe you should relook at this thing and, and, and lead them through it and explain to them the vision, you know, explain. That's what we've done is here's why Grassburger is important. Here's what we're doing is important and show them that and get them to prescribe to that. Um, but lead them through it rather than, than just talk to them about it. And I think that that's one of the biggest pieces that, that we've really worked on that is, that has kind of changed our mindset. And, and we struggle a lot less with, you know, the employment pool now that we, have stopped trying to manage people and have started trying to lead people. And um, it's funny because actually one of our store managers, he, he actually worked for me here in Albuquerque and moved up to Durango to run our store up there. Um, he, he actually told me that when he started that he thought that his job was to light a fire uh, underneath everyone's butt. But that I guess, and I guess I told him this, that uh, I don't remember saying it, but I guess it sounds like something I would say. I told him that, it's not about lighting the fire under someone's butt, but it's about lighting a campfire and getting everyone to come around the campfire together. And I guess that kind of changed his whole perspective on, on everything. And so I guess that's my biggest encouragement to people is, is, you know, light the, light the fire and get everyone to come around it and stop trying to light it under everyone. 
I love that, man. I love that. Well, it, it's sustainable and it's replicatable and it's uh, the kind of thing that will help you attract and keep really, really good people for sure. Uh, or or help turn people that you may not think are, you know, the best staff into, into great staff, which it sounds like y'all have done a little bit of both. So, um, but dude, Cody, I really appreciate it, man. This is inspiring and I love talking to you and I love hearing the enthusiasm for what you do and the passion for what you do in your voice. And and I know anybody listening to it will will pick up on that and, and really get a lot out of this. So I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any, any parting thoughts? No, you know, just good luck to everyone out there running restaurants. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tough, it's tough work. And I, I think it's a work where, where a lot of times you, you don't feel like you receive the gratitude that you receive, but, uh, it, it is important and, uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing and, think every day just try to be better than than you were the day before amen man well thank you cody that's awesome you guys are awesome uh love what y'all are doing really love getting to know jess a couple years ago for the book and just have a lot of respect for the way y'all run your business so man thank you so much for taking the time to do this absolutely thank you all right cody take care have a good one we'll talk again soon i'm sure all right sounds great thanks all right see you